the mind behind master-slave lifestyle. What makes a good master or a bad master? And what is the difference between a noble or a vile slave? And do you know the difference? Discover your warrior, magician, lover, and king. Journey into the light and shadow of master-slave relationships and how this can allow you to go deeper than you ever thought you could. A new series of episodes released every month between the interviews. What's your shadow? What's your ball to the dark side? Is the heart of a good master to be vulnerable? And if a master can't connect, is this the source of a lot of the darkness and shadow that can happen? in a master-slave relationship. In this episode, we're going to cover master as a lover. In this series of podcast episodes, I'm examining the truth of power exchange, this elusive concept that so many of us in the master-slave lifestyle crave. In this model I'm using, power exchange can be broken down into the warrior, magician, lover, and king. And this applies to both master and slave in different ways. In this episode, we're going to cover the lover. When we talk about the lover, the first things that come to mind are love and sex. And let's face it, when discussing master-slave and our fetishes, sex can be the most important thing on our mind. But more importantly, the lover is about connection and the desire for connection. And this is true about master-slave relationships. Although you might be searching for sex and the fulfillment of your fetishes and fantasy, Beneath this, you're often trying to find a deep connection as a master or slave. The lover is how you can also connect to yourself, desires, who you actually are. Much of my coaching when helping clients move forward in the master-slave lifestyle is to help them understand themselves better. By knowing themselves better, they can move forward to find what they truly need. At its essence, this is connecting with oneself to truly understand what one needs to be happy and fulfilled. And so unless you can connect and understand yourself, you often cannot move forward successfully in the master-slave lifestyle. With all of these different archetypes I have been covering, there are gateway emotions, emotions that allow us to really access different parts of ourselves, in this case, the lover. And the gateway emotion for the lover, surprisingly, is grief. This is the grief of losing something, perhaps a master-slave relationship that has ended, or the ending of another relationship in the past. It also includes death. But it can also be the grief of never having something in the first place. Grief in never having the connection to our parents that we needed, or friendships at school or grief in never having the master-slave relationship that would truly fulfill us and allow us to live the lives that would make us happy. You can only be open to connection and the lover when you embrace the grief for what you have lost or have never had. As I originally wrote this script, I was feeling much grief for the two masters I'd loved and lived with for some time, and then they ghosted me and cut off all contact. At first, I tried to cut myself off from the grief and not allow myself to feel it. But over time, I am slowly learning to accept it and allow myself to feel it. 
as unless I do so, I will not be able to connect with the next master. But along with the grief of the relationship and love that existed there, I also feel the grief of being unclaimed and unowned. Along with the grief of what could have been, I also need to allow myself to process this. And so you must allow yourself to grieve, to connect and fully feel joy again. Grief can also stop you from ending a relationship or entering into a lifestyle. You often need to let go of something old to start something new. When embracing a new lifestyle, such as master-slave, you might need to let go of something. For example, finding a vanilla relationship or even leaving a current one. And the fear of this grief can hold you back from moving forward. Master as a lover can be broken down into two main parts, the connector and the vulnerable master. Let us start with the connector. So to train a slave well, a master must have a good connection and empathy with his slaves. Empathy enables a master to understand what a slave needs and put in the proper training and path for the slave to reach their full potential. A wonderful part of the master-slave relationship is the connection between master and slave. The energy that flows between master and slave is often greater than the sum of the energy that both master and slave or even more people are giving in. The only way that this can exist, this energy, this amazing connection, is if the master is trying to connect to the slave. Often there is a myth that the master must be on feeling towards a slave. But even in more intense situations such as objectification, the master should still be connecting. We're going to cover this a bit more in the shadow later on in the episode. Another aspect of connection is vulnerability or the vulnerable master. We can only connect when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to each other. But often the gay fetish scene is portrayed as not having vulnerability. From Tom of Finland to the poem we watch to the alpha masculine look of the Leathermen, masters often are showcased as these unfeeling people, someone who does not show their true self, failings or vulnerability. Successful relationships only work when both master and slave can be vulnerable. For masters, it is okay to ask for what you want. It is okay to share when you're struggling in life in general. And it is okay to share that you're a person, not a godlike master. In order for this to happen though, slaves must understand that a good master also allows himself to be vulnerable. If you're looking for a master-slave relationship as opposed to play, you need to be okay with the fact masters are human and need to share their vulnerabilities with you along with their strengths. This can be hard for both master and slave. Slaves project much strength and invulnerability onto a master and seeing them as more human can be challenging, but it must happen for a master-slave relationship to be viable in the long term. Many slaves often want the harsh master that will not care for them. This can be a great fantasy and fine for a play session, but it does not make for a good long-term master-slave relationship. Genuine connection and a good master-slave relationship can only exist with vulnerability. If you want to learn more about 
how to create a connection, I recommend reading a chapter in a book called Sacred Power, Holy Surrender, edited by Raven Caldera. The chapter is called Master-Slave Relationships as Vehicles for Salvation, and that chapter is written by someone known as Slave Rick. In this chapter, he describes the relationship with his master and a point where his master experienced a death that made him unable to control and master Slave Rick like he would normally. Slave Rick details his anguish, but how both he and his master dealt with that situation in an emotionally mature way so the relationship could survive. It's worth noting that Slave Rick has also written a biography of himself called Jolted Awake that I also recommend to read. We're now going to cover the shadow state of the lover. If what I've just spoken about is the North Star, what we should aim for, the shadows are the things we should avoid. But these often are things that we will do, either from things that have happened in our past or from a more insidious pull encouraging us to act in this way, which might not be the healthiest. The shadow state of the lover comes about from the lack of loss of love and connection. This can be in childhood, perhaps you were abandoned when you were young, or more probably you didn't have your needs met in the right way. Many masters often found when they were growing up that they did not have their needs met. I have found with some clients and in the workshops that I often do that one of the reasons why a master wants a slave is that they want someone who will fulfill their needs as they were not fulfilled when they were young. The other one is using control to deal with the insecurity of not having those needs met or being abandoned and having to deal with that grief. Now, many gay identified men will have suffered from the risk and in some cases the loss of parental figures because they were gay. This causes trauma and shadow within us. Perhaps we acted in a gay way and we learned quickly that this led to a loss of love. For others, we might have been sensitive boys and that sensitivity was frowned upon. I remember when I was very young watching a sci-fi movie called Silent Running and being distraught by how the movie ended, but I was told off for crying and being upset. It was not what boys do. And I learnt that I should not cry. And I learnt not to cry at movies afterwards, as boys should not cry. In adulthood, I know I am incredibly empathic and sensitive to people. But I increasingly hid that as I grew up, as I knew how unwelcome it was. Essentially, I moved a normal, authentic part of myself into the shadow. Now, I see it as one of my strengths. You can even say a superpower that makes me a good slave, recently a good master, and also a good coach. Let us go a bit more specific into the shadows of master as a lover. And there's three areas that I'd like to break this down into. The first one is unfeeling and unconnected. Some masters believe they must cut off all empathy and connection with the slave. They see the slave as a soulless thing that they can do whatever they want to, regardless of the cost to the slave. They see the slave as a soulless thing that they can do whatever they want to, regardless of the cost to the slave. 
to see it as a being that has no needs to consider. Often these masters cannot keep a slave long term and they wonder why. But even in extreme slavery, there are needs that a master must serve. Control, structure, allowing a slave to provide service. In most cases, there are entire host of human needs as well. And a good master must take all of these into account. Masters can fall into the shadow trap of not wanting any connection, cutting themselves off from any connection with their slaves. I was once speaking with Master Drew from the Duality blog, and he has often said that he must always stay aware that his slave is human first and object second. That when the slave comes back from work, he might want to have the slave beneath his desk sucking his cock. But if he has seen that the slaves had a bad day, that he must tend and deal with that. This is something a proper master must do rather than ignoring those issues and treating the slave as an object. It's also worth noting that this not connecting to the slave in any way, this creates many of the other shadow states that I have already mentioned. So for example, for the dehumanizing of the slave that I mentioned in the master as a warrior, to the manipulator and persecutor in the magician episode, they all come from not seeing the slave as a person, from not connecting. Therefore, a good functioning master needs to ensure he doesn't cut himself off from connecting to be that master. As if he does cut himself off, he's far more likely to go into some of these other shadow states. Another shadow state which affects both master and slave very much the same is what I call the addictor. So like a slave, a master can have this urge to connect through power exchange on a deep level. So this can manifest in, in an almost desperate need for a slave to connect to, to fulfill those, those um, feelings that a master needs, as well as the potential shadows of insecurity um, and needing to have their needs met by someone. The master in this state can ignore what the slave is saying and what that slave might need and ignore warning signs that the slave might suit them. They might rush to have a slave move in with them and then find there's far more issues with the slave than expected. When this need takes over in such a manner, it can lead to the shadow aspect of the addictor. And of course, addiction can also include addiction to sex, drugs, shopping, or even looking endlessly on a BDSM website for the slave. A master must watch out for this addiction energy and not give in to it. Currently, the gay BDSM scene does suffer from what I believe is an epidemic of crystal meth abuse. Often people who take it believe that they connect more and move closer to their everlasting orgasm. But this leads to much suffering from crystal meth addiction. Therefore, we all on the scene must watch out for and not give in to the addictor in its many forms. If you are suffering from addiction, help can be found um, in the helplines that I have included in the show notes. A final shadow for the master is connecting too much. 
an interesting issue that can arise in some master-slave relationships is connecting in a way that means that as the relationship continues, the master wants to stop treating the slave as a slave. For example, because they love this person, why would they want to humiliate or flog them? This can often lead to the relationship ending or the master-slave component dying out. This is actually a very common issue. And when I coach clients with this issue, I recommend that they need to look at the situation very differently and from a very different perspective. And that is we all have needs. And as masters and slaves, we have particular needs that the other provides. Therefore, if a master stops doing things to the slave that that slave needs, they have decided to stop giving someone what they need. Rather than an act of love in stopping to do something, the master is stopping to provide that person they love with what they need. Is this therefore an act of love? One way both master and slave can help with this is by having good, frequent communication. This can help validate the master to know that they are giving the slave what they need and the slave is enjoying it. Only when both sides can honestly talk about what they need and their doubts, which links to vulnerability, can the relationship continue to work well. Let us talk about actions you can take to grow your lover. The first is to be sensual and vulnerable. The master-slave scene already has a lot of sex in it, but to fully embody the lover, you must open yourself up to be sensual and vulnerable. The master-slave relationship can be full of amazing connections, but it can be used so you do not need to connect and stay safe. Leather sex can be a, an example of this. Two men fucking or serving in four leather. It can be a horny scene full of connection, but the trappings of the leather can also be used so neither side has to be vulnerable. Rather than connecting, there is an ominous sex when no one connects. Now, don't get me wrong, people who like this part of the fetish keep doing it. But if you are using it so you never have to connect, you're not embracing your lover. In addition to this, power exchange can also get in the way of connection. Not staring without permission can change to never staring and not needing to open up. It can be used as a way to avoid vulnerability, especially from the master side. The most successful master-slave relationships are where both master and slave can open up and be vulnerable. Can you ask what you truly want, be you master or slave? Or are you scared of being shamed or rejected if you ask for what you truly need? And if you are in a relationship currently, do you hide what you want? The things that are missing. Many of us struggle to really ask for what it is we need and masters in particular can struggle with asking for what they might desire. It is how you move past these fears that you can solidify your relationships and start to open up and connect. To ask what you really want is to be vulnerable and to be vulnerable is to risk rejection but you never fully connect unless you take that risk with people you trust. I also have a novel approach to building master-slave connection, and this is through meditations. Many years ago when I had a traumatic experience with a shadow master, I cut myself off from myself and from being able to open myself up to be vulnerable 
and to serve. The meditations and approach I talk about in these articles not only healed myself, but made my ability to connect to a master even stronger. Go to masterslavelifestyle.com connection to read these articles. For more action on how to work on your warrior and to find out more, you can purchase a book I've written on this subject called Light and Shadow at masterslavelifestyle.com book. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron member and also getting early access to the podcast episodes. In the next episode, we will focus on slave as a lover and how a slave can use obedience to hide from connection. Thank you. You just listened to Slave Phil from Master Slave Lifestyle. Look forward to an episode every month. Be safe. Be good.